Hello and welcome back to Talking Europe. The EU is adopting an unprecedented package of climate, energy and environmental legislation. The Green Deal has been an essential component of this Parliament's work over the last five years and of the European Commission's agenda. EU member states have highlighted the importance of energy transition in the light of war in Ukraine. But only a few months remain to close important policy bills before the EU election and environmental activists have talked of a green fatigue in Brussels. But is that justified? I'm joined by two MEPs, firstly Francis Fitzgerald, an Irish MEP who is vice chair of the Conservative European People's Party here in the European Parliament. Welcome to you. Thank you. And also I'm joined by Bas Eichhout, a Dutch MEP who is vice president of the group of the Green of the Greens here. Welcome to you as well. Thank you. Uh, Bas, let's start with you. Uh, MEPs have just passed a law against greenwashing and mislabeling products, so products which are uh, mislabeled as being environmentally friendly. Is that a sign that things are actually moving quite well on the green agenda here? Well, I would say we are still adopting laws, but it's getting more and more complicated. So, yes, I do think that, that we're moving on. Uh, but, of course, there, there is a, a pushback on some of the green legislation. So we also saw some laws which we maybe adopted but were quite hollowed out. Mm -hmm. Or we had some uh, laws that didn't pass the threshold of the vote. So in that sense, it's still moving on. Time is short until the European elections in June, but we do see that it's getting harder and harder to get to majorities in the Parliament, would unfortunately. You, would you agree with that, Francis Fitzgerald? It's, it's getting yes, harder? Yes, I, mean, I, I would say, no, yeah. the, the issues are around the implementation of the Green Deal, and people are much more aware, citizens are, are more aware of the challenges that come with the Green Deal. Industry is aware of it. Mm. You know, how much is it going to cost to have electric vehicles, to change your boiler? These are all real issues. But I think there's still a very good attitude to its green issues in the Parliament overall and it's been a very green commission, it's been a green mandate. Um, I think all parties have played their role uh, and we have about three or four more files that I believe will get agreement that will be very important for the environment. So I wouldn't say green fatigue is, is settling in in, in in the Parliament. I think the Parliament's been quite ambitious actually. I mean, Bas says some of it's been hollowed out, That's, there's been changes indeed, but overall I think it's been a very, um, it's been a a very progressive time for the environment in this parliament. The, the, uh, it sounds like quite a rosy picture from what you're saying. There have been some quite big battles happened there, for oh, example, yes. in the nature restoration law with you going against your own party on that issue. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the, the Irish MEP supported the Nature Restoration Act. I wouldn't vote any other way. Um, but there have been big battles, absolutely. I don't, I don't mean to overpaint it as, as rosy, but I do think in comparison to previous times uh, that you've certainly seen a, a much better attitude towards the need to pass uh, led strong legislation. Mm. But there's always battles about, you know, just how strong yeah. and how realistic and how it impacts on business, how it impacts on industry. So, Basakat, what about the remaining few months? Are there one or two policy files that you think absolutely have to be pushed through before a very potentially different kind of parliament comes in? Well, well I think there's a couple of uh, files that we are having on the table that are very crucial. So, first of all, there's on air quality. Which really, I mean, the, the air we're all breathing, I mean, it's affecting our daily lives. And, yeah. and let's be honest, the air in our cities is still not clean enough for, for, and people get ill by that mm -hmm. and, and prematurely die. And we still have a lot of pre premature death yeah. in Europe, which, of course, is nothing you can accept. So I think on air quality, I think on packaging of waste, really 
limiting and lowering the waste, uh, especially on plastic waste, of course. And also, we still need uh, CO2 standards for heavy-duty vehicles, so trucks on the roads. Yeah. Let's just pick apart a couple of those. Uh, Francis Fitzgerald, on, on the question of... Uh, um, sorry, the first one that we... Air quality. Was, uh, air quality, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible that uh, actually we don't follow... W we're not in line with WHO yes. standards in, in Europe. Yeah, people have... I mean, nationally, you know, countries seem to want to kind of do their own thing of it instead of realising that it's an issue that impacts everyone. You think of all the children suffering from asthma, the adults with bronchitis and so on. Um, but somehow we're kind of a bit complacent about it. Mm. So that would be an important vote. The EPPs, uh, we're still in trilogue, so we'll see what the final shape is. And also, I think, the waste packaging. We're all tired of going into the supermarket and seeing the six apples in, you know, plastic and, and the few carrots in plastic, everything. So, I mean, this is really important that we begin to make industry, make business change in relation to packaging because we have far too much waste. Do, do you think on food packaging that, that uh, realistically, given uh, how few sessions there are left in the parliament that this is all going to be wrapped up in time i think that on the waste packaging it will be it will be a challenging one because indeed the the positions are uh, still different between the member states and the parliament uh, but also the lobby on this file mm. has been tremendous it's really astonishing how much lobby we've seen of industry getting nervous that they cannot do what they usually do is producing a lot of waste basically and there was really a huge lobby out there to weaken the legislation and i have to call and Francis here, I mean, you are one of the more progressive members of your political party, to be very honest, so you quite often vote more for environmental legislation, but in your political group, there is quite often a lot of resistance and listening to this lobby where in this kind of old-fashioned way of thinking that green legislation is against the economy, whereas I think we know by now that green legislation can serve our future economy. But I have to say the EPP have taken leadership on quite a number of uh, green files. We've chaired quite a lot of the uh, been rapporteur in quite a lot of the discussions. I mean, the EPP will always say what is the impact on business, what's realistic, what's the impact on industry. You know, let's not overreach. Because I, th I think sometimes the Greens are in danger of sort of overreaching uh, on their ambitions, and that alienates as well. So you do have to be realistic. In, in, in what way overreaching? Well, sometimes, you know, setting uh, targets that are actually you, you, you can't reach. And also expecting the time frames, I would say particularly on the time frames, that often there, there isn't enough time uh, given and we've changed the time frames uh, on a number of pieces of legislation. Because you, you have to give people time. But at the same time, I, of course, recognise that we're in a climate crisis. So, yeah. you know, there's always this tension between yeah. what's possible. You have to have vision, but also what's realistically possible. So is your group being unrealistic about demands on business? No, I think there are two things to say on that. First of all, uh, the climate crisis. If you talk to any climate scientist, they're telling us you're moving too slow. The climate system is at, at a breakdown and you need to move faster. This is what the climate science is telling us. So, well, that we are listening to that. Okay, some people might, might use that against us, but I think that's, that's our role. But secondly, it also has an economic uh, uh, consequence. For example, on cars, where again EPP even voted against. Again, not Francis, but the party voted against it. 
What we see now is that we are more and more importing Chinese electric cars. Why? Because we were too slow in Europe to adapt to a new technology. We thought we can stick to our old-fashioned combustion engine. And what you see, the Chinese are taking over the car market. So we are losing our competitiveness because of acting too slow. I mean, I would say that's a problem for Europe generally. You know, the Belgian presidency spoke about it um, this week, where, you know, what are we doing to make sure innovation uh, startups stay in Europe? We have a real problem with our industrial policy and getting enough investment into the new areas. That's going to include AI. It's going to uh, include, it does include green technology. That is a challenge for Europe. We're, be, you know, we're, we're behind and we're going to have to tackle this. And that's why the Commission of Various Reports and improving competitiveness. Uh, the Belgians again talked about a new industrial policy. And the new industrial policy, of course, has to have all this new technology and green technology in it. So, you know, we have a challenge in Europe, no doubt. But we're still ahead of the posse, you know. We're still ahead of many parts of the world, most parts of the world, in but fact. Can I, I yes, absolutely sure. agree with this. And we need a European yeah. industrial policy in order to make sure that we are ahead of the game. Yeah. Uh, but the problem now is that some politicians are saying, and that's why we need to slow down on the Green Deal. That's exactly the wrong answer. We need to use the Green Deal as our industrial policy because that gives the predictability and the chances for European industry to really be at the edge of innovation. Green innovation is where we can be good at. If we are going to slow down, what you see, massive investments in the US, China is doing industrial green policy all the way, yeah. so the race is on, and if we're going to slow down, we're going to lose that race. But, the but key, you have to bring sorry. the people with you. The, yeah, I mean, this is the other side. It's about ad ad but adaptation you, measures you really for, for industry. But you. I think the people want a green, competitive European industry. I think they'd like to see it, but they also need to be... They need a lot of reassurance about how it's going to be managed, the personal impact it's going to have on them, how they can change their habits. Everybody, I mean... We, we know the Greens are facing some electoral challenges at the moment, Bas. That's the reality. And some of that is because people just don't, you know, they're a bit frightened. So we have a job to do in that area as well, of really showing how this can happen for the ordinary household. Th that's an important point. I mean, there are a lot of people whose, whose perceptions are that, say, wind farms is not going to, you know, be some kind of magic solution for them. And perhaps your group is... Uh, you know, in that sense, having some difficulties? Oh, we're, I mean, it's clear that not yeah. all the people feel that, that, yeah. that they can believe all this. But if you just look at the numbers, the future... And that's not our prediction, but the, in the, in the in, in International Energy Agency is saying that renewables will be 90% of our energy system in mm. 10 years' time. Yeah. So and that's not us, right? That is an international energy agency yeah. that's... Ten years will, ago will be or should, that, that should be as a target? Or no, that, that, that they, they say will that be. development, looking mm. at the price competitiveness, you know, yeah. the possibilities, renewables also brings energy to the people. It's much less centralised. It's much more decentralised. It has a lot of advantages. What is true that it's a lot of changes in yes. our daily lives. Yeah. And when change. people feel uncomfortable and at unease, then it is logical that then even more change is a bit like, oh... Uh, are we sure? And I think this is our assignment for all politicians that we show that this new future can be compelling for our citizens, but that we need to ensure them that they can deliver on it. We'll have to end on that. Thank you so much, both of you, Francis Fitzgerald and Bas Eichhout. And thanks for watching. I'm glad you could join us for this episode.